Monasticism, a theological reflection for the monks of our church. Today I want to talk to everybody, but especially to the monks and nuns of our church who may be listening. They, like us, might take strength from a little reflection on the nature of the monastic life. It's been well said that the best way to enter into the spirituality of the Orthodox Church is through the door of monasticism. The origins of the early monastic movement are also the origins of Eastern monasticism. Today, as then, Orthodox monasticism is recognized by its primitive simplicity. There are no specialized orders such as developed in the West with the Augustinians or Franciscans or Jesuits. In the East, one simply joins a specific monastery and follows its own particular traditions. As it was in 4th century Egypt and Syria, so today there are three kinds of monastic lifestyles. Hermits, also known as anchorites or hesychasts, are those who live alone. Cenobites are those living in a community, and semi-eremitics are those who combine the solitary and communal ways. All monks live under the guidance of a spiritual father, or Abba, or Abuna, as they're known in the Arab lands. Collectively, monasticism has shaped the entire life of the Orthodox Church. The monks were often the staunchest defenders of the Orthodox faith against heresies. They impacted the Church's fasting practices, liturgical cycles, and methods of prayer such as hesychasm. Today, in fact, all bishops of the Eastern Church are chosen exclusively from the monastic ranks or celibate clergy. The major centers of Orthodox monasticism are located in Greece, Russia, and the Middle East. Mount Athos in Greece has been the most distinguished monastic settlement in the Orthodox world over the past millennium. It is a self-ruled republic housing some 1,500 residents in 20 separate monasteries, as well as a large number of small houses and hermit cells. Known as the Holy Mountain, its landscape is breathtaking as monastic settlements rest atop jagged mountain precipices, some reaching as high as 7,000 feet high. Mount Athos houses a trove of precious archaeological treasures, such as medieval icons, liturgical vestments, and codices. Another monastic center is St. Catherine's Monastery on Mount Sinai in Egypt. Built by Emperor Justinian in the 6th century, it possesses a rich library of biblical manuscripts, ecclesiastical texts, and icons. The Codex Sinaiticus, the oldest Bible in the world, came from there and provides one of the most valuable manuscripts for textual criticism on the New Testament. Other notable monasteries include St. Sergius Holy Trinity near Moscow, the Monastery of the Caves in Kiev, St. Macarius and St. Beshoi monasteries in Egypt, and St. Saba's Monastery near Jerusalem. The characteristic forms of Byzantine spirituality were developed primarily within the monastic communities from the 3rd to the 14th centuries. Some of the leading writers who played a crucial role during this period included Origen of Alexandria, who died in 253, Anthony of Egypt, who died in 356, Pacomius, 346, and numerous monks in the sayings of the Desert Fathers. Also included are Basil the Great, Pseudo-Dionysius the Areopagite, Maximus the Confessor, Simeon the New Theologian, and Gregory Palamas. However, next to the Bible, 
The most widely read spiritual writing in all the Orthodox world is a work known as the Philokalia. Compiled in the 18th century by two Greek monks, it's a five-volume anthology of ascetic writings between the 4th and 15th centuries. The treatises were originally written by monks and for monks, but the editors also wanted them available for people like you and me. The Philokalia covers a wide range of spiritual subjects, but especially focuses on a prayer known as the Jesus Prayer. I spoke about this in one of my earlier podcasts. At the center of this spirituality lies an evangelical vision that focuses on the heart of the gospel. The monks perform an eschatological and prophetic ministry by reminding the church that the kingdom of God is not of this world. They silently model obedience to Christ's lordship through humility, repentance, and a daily martyrdom of self-denial. Their way of life is characterized by prayer, fasting, and spiritual warfare against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Recent scholarship has also uncovered the centrality of Scripture in the quest for holiness in the earliest monastic communities. For example, the Pacomian monasteries of Egypt required its monks to memorize all 150 psalms, and by the 7th century, Byzantine canon law required all Orthodox bishops to be able to quote the entire Psalter before they were ordained, something perhaps we could all use. As part of its social consciousness, the Byzantine Church developed an extensive network of hospitals and orphanages. Some monks and nuns engaged in education, evangelism, and charitable work. But these works were considered secondary to the monastic's primary vocation, which is prayer. This is captured by one of the most beloved Russian saints, Seraphim of Saroff in the 18th century, who said, quote, Achieve stillness, and thousands around you will be saved. End quote. The goal of prayer, and of all monastic life, is love for God and love for neighbor. We forget that, but that's the goal. The goal is love. Not fasting, not rules, but love. Some referred to this as union with God, or deification, which was the very purpose of the Incarnation. All the monks' disciplines of fasting, prayer, contemplation, worship, good deeds, and manual labor were designed to fertilize the heart again. All the disciplines of fasting, prayer, contemplation, worship, good deeds, and manual labor are designed to fertilize the heart for God's love, so that it may flourish. These intense ascetical efforts, however, were not to be viewed as a means of works righteousness that earned salvation, as developed in 16th century Western monasticism and rejected by the Protestant reformers. The, classal, the, classic, again, the classic text on the relation between faith and works in the Christian East, still little known to the modern world, was by a man named Mark the Ascetic, in the 4th century. There St. Mark wrote a work titled On Those Who Think They Are Made Righteous by Works. And there he says it all. He says, quote, Sonship is a gift given to men through his own blood. Thus the kingdom of heaven is not a reward for works, but a gift of grace prepared by the Master for his faithful servants. Such is the true spirit of Eastern monasticism. 
it is the spirit of love and of grace. And to that end, may we all direct our hearts in being simply orthodox.